0: You we're just gonna pray real quick. We just thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in here already. Lord, we thank you that your word's gonna be released. Lord, we need to hear your voice. We don't need to hear the voice of a stranger. Lord, with all the voices that are out there today, coming from social media and from the television, from the radio, and all these different avenues of voices coming at us, even from our own families, even Our friends, Lord, we want to differentiate and hear your voice above all other voices. Your voice shakes the heavens and the earth. Lord, remember in the Old Testament when you would speak, there would be fire and the mountains would shake. Your voice is powerful and it's mighty. Your word's like a double-edged sword that comes and it cuts bondage off. It cuts tradition off. It cuts religion off. Presents relationship, Lord. We thank you for your word, and we just pray that you'd speak today. Speak to our hearts, and those that are in here that need you more than they've ever needed you would leave with a sense of peace. Would leave us with a sense of power, empowerment, healing. Do you need a miracle today? Do you know that the voice of God? It just takes a word. Just takes a word. Be healed. Just takes a word. Be set free from the voice of the Father. We thank you for your voice, Lord, and we pray that you'd speak in Jesus' name. So when I was putting this message together, the voice of strangers, I was just thinking of the chaotic voices that are out there right now and, you know, how many different voices we hear within a day. And I was thinking, you know, there was a time where really the only voices that you heard were the voices of those that were around you. You know, I was thinking about the Old Testament and the, the encampment. There was over 300 Israelites within, the, within this encampment. And they were taught the ways of God. They were taught the traditions of God. And they, were, they were taught all of these things. And they were within this community of 3 million people. And they were just kind of sheltered in a way within this community. And, you know, this generation taught the next generation, taught the next generation, taught the next generation about God. And I was thinking about... There was a day where that was going on, but now we're in a space where sometimes the people that are closest to us, we hear the least. We can hear from China and we can hear from all these other countries, all these other countries all over the world, all these voices that come. And the question is, how do you differentiate what truth is and what, what is a lie? And this has just been hitting me lately. And I was also thinking about when i was saved up in kent state when i was in a drug house for over five years just depressed and anxious and addicted and just real real messed up and i was to the point i'd seen psychiatrist after psychiatrist and psychologists nothing wrong with all that but i i i had my resources were gone as far as that goes as far as the medical side of things and i was tired of listening to all these voices (laughs) I was even tired of listening to my own voice. I was tired of the voice of the people that I was with. And I was desperate, and I'll never forget, just so desperate and such at a dead end. And I flipped open a, a devotional that I had called My Utmost First Highest. And it was written by a man, but there was one word in this devotional, it was January first, too, the devotional. And it said the word yield. And for whatever reason, God took that word yield and dropped it down into my spirit. And it went up on the inside of me. And all of the stuff that I was involved in and all the stuff that I had done and all the broken relationships and all that, I realized at that point it was because I was not yielding to his voice. I was yielding to a bunch of other voices. And it was one of those things where God, God just struck me. And I was like, okay, God, if this is real, and I literally <laughs> took my Bible that I had, And I want you to understand, even in the midst of all that, I was reading my Bible every night. Because I thought if I read enough of the Bible before I went to bed, that I wasn't going to hell. So my whole basis on Scripture and God and all that was just do enough to get by, just do enough to keep you out of hell. Yeah, I didn't know about relationship. So this word yield was dropped on the inside of me. And I flipped open my Bible, and this is the Scripture that it flipped to. It was John 5, 39, 40. I had never got a rhema word before? And I want you to understand what I'm saying here. The logos or logos, logos word is actually the written word. It's the written word. The issue is demons know the word. The devil knows the word. Okay, That logos word, when it's turned into rhema, when it goes from this page up on the inside of me and becomes a part of me that's called a rhema word. That's a God-spoken word. That's a word that goes on the inside of you and things change and they change quickly. And I, opened my, I flipped open my Bible and it, and it came to this verse, John 5, 39, 40, you search the scriptures. And I'm telling you, when this was happening, it was like he plopped down beside me and he verbally was saying, you search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life. And I was like, huh, he knows, he knows about that, you know, because that's what I thought. And he says, and these are those which testify me, but you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. And man, the combination of that yod word and the combination of this idea, but you are not willing to come to me that you may have life, absolutely flipped my world upside down you have to understand that this house that I was living in was a house of deprivation. There was nothing good going on in that house ever. But God, through his word, came onto the inside of that house without anybody preaching to me, without anybody teaching to me. He came himself and he set me free through his word. And it was his voice that was a different, it was his voice. And my prayer for you today is if you have a prodigal, and I'm even praying, see, lately God's been just in, in pressing on me. Don't stop praying big prayers. I'm a big God. Don't stop short of praying something big. And one of my prayers today is that if you've got a prodigal out there, just like he did with me, they may be somewhere in a house or somewhere in an apartment or somewhere, somewhere. Maybe they're hungover today. Maybe they maybe they woke up and did drugs. But my prayer for your prodigal today is that God would come on the inside of where they're at right now and that he would speak a word to them. That he would speak a word. Listen, it takes one word. This isn't up there, but I, this is Hebrews 1, 1 through 4. I got a couple of things when I was back there and I want to read this real quick because we have to understand how powerful his word is, how powerful his spoken word is. This is what it says. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, his word, when it went out in Genesis, when he was saying, let there be light, when he was saying, let there be, let there be, let there be, let there be, when his voice was going out, it was creating things, and his voice has not changed. He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. His voice still changes circumstances. His voice can, he can speak to a, to a, to a three pounds of steel, and he can say, melt, and it's got to melt. He can walk up on, the water, walk up on waves, things that you would think would never happen. He can walk up there because he created it. He can make an ax head float. He can speak out of a donkey. He can do whatever he wants. When he speaks something, it's got to happen. And listen, it is his word that is holding, hell, you ought to hear it. It is his word, word that is holding everything together right now. He, listen, he makes the final decision when this thing is over and when the new thing has come. He makes the decision. It is not man's decision. (laughs) When he created all things, it is not man's decision to end it. You got to hear me. We believe the word. I I do not care. I do not care what comes through the airwaves or what comes in written form. I do not. That does not phase me or bother me. I want to know what God has said. I don't want to hear from man. Man's got all kinds of All kinds of philosophies and, and conceptions and misconceptions and this is going to happen and that's going to happen and this is right now. I want to hear him. And this word is important for us today because more and more and more we got to understand what the word says and it's not just head, it cannot be just head knowledge. It's got to go down into our spirits, into our spirits where it has become a part of us. The word says that Jesus was manifest, and the Word became flesh. We need the Word to become flesh on the inside of us. We need the Word to become a part of us. You say, how did the disciples stand, and how were they martyred, and how were they crucified upside down, how were they boiled, and how how were they sawed in half? How did all that happen? Because the Word had gone on the inside of them, and they became that thing. Head knowledge isn't going to work. It's got to go down on the inside of us. so many voices. Are you willing to come to me that you may have life? I was tired of listening to other people's voices. I was tired of listening to my own voice. I needed to hear his voice. He spoke and I've never been the same since. I fell, listen, I fell in love with his word and I fell in love with his voice. I became addicted to it. In a a split second, in the moment, in a twinkling of an eye, he took a drug-addicted 25-year-old and absolutely flipped my world upside down by Word. By his word. His word is the only thing that can set free. Whom also he made the worlds. He created it all. Who being the brightness of his glory and an express image of his person, speaking of Jesus, listen, and upholding all things, what? By the word of his power. It is the word of his power that is the glue that is holding everything together. (laughs) It's not the word of man. It's the word of God. He by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Listen to 2 Peter 3, verses 3 through 9. Knowing this at first, listen to this, that scoffers will come in the last days walking according to their own lusts. Isn't that interesting? So you're going to have a people that have their ear to the door that are leaning on Jesus' breast, that are literally hearing, hearing what he's saying. But you're going to have a group of people that are walking according to their own lusts, according to their own desires. And what are they doing? They're scoffing, saying, you're talking about Jesus returning. You're talking about the second coming. Where is it? Where is it? They're They're in the flesh so they can't see it. They're blinded. Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willfully forget that by the, listen, by the word of God, the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water by the word of God. It was all made through the word. It was all made through Jesus. But the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word. Do you hear it? are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But beloved, do not forget this one thing that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some count slackness, but he is long suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. When you find yourself going, can it get any worse? I said something the other day in front of my kids and I said, more and more as I walk day by day, I feel like I don't belong here. And Hannah Hannah, Hannah was like, but dad, you got work to do. But don't you sense, you just feel like, the Bible literally says that you're an alien on this place. You're just passing through. This is not your home. So if you're in a place where you're like, this just doesn't feel like home. This just doesn't feel like home. This just doesn't feel like home. Don't count it strange that that sense gets stronger and stronger and stronger. How do you think When the the disciples were martyred, how do you think they said yes to martyrdom? Because they knew this was not their home. They knew they had a place prepared in heaven for them. They were just passing through this earth. They were not bound by the flesh. They were not bound by material things. They were not bound by possessions. They were not bound by anything of man. They were so attached and addicted to God, they said, I'm good to go. I've I've lived long enough, I'm good, I'm ready to go. Man. But he's not slack. He's long-suffering. So a part of this also is we have to look out in the things we hear and see, and we also have to have the sense of what a long-suffering God. I mean, I know he's long-suffering with me every day. Every day. Let alone the multitudes of billions and billions and billions of people. He's long suffering. The voice of strangers. We need to hear his voice. In John 10, 1 through 6, this is what it says. So good. Most assuredly, it says, I say. (laughs) Listen, it's awesome when the word actually talks. (laughs) So. (laughs) You know, it's, it's kind of mind-boggling the fact that the word that came from heaven that was manifest in the flesh, Jesus is now, like, sp- the word is speaking a word. Communicating through words. That's why we have this. You wonder why we have these love letters? We need direction, and we need guidance, and we need borders. Do you hear me? We need this. Are you breathing? I say to you, He who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and he's a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Aren't you glad that Jesus entered through the door? He entered through the door. He didn't come up some other way. That is why there is one Son of God. There is one Savior. There is one because he was born of a virgin. He walked a sinless life. 100% God, 100% man. Was crucified, died, resurrected, now sits at the right hand of the Father. He is your advocate. Praying for you day in and day out, day in and day out, day in and day out. But he came the right way. That's why when John the Baptist, he came to John the Baptist, and John the Baptist was like, I should be baptizing you, Jesus. And Jesus told John, no, we have to do this the right way. He said, we have to fulfill all righteousness. We have to do this the right way. But he entered the door. To him, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Do you remember when he called your name? I was 25 years old in Kent State in a drug house scene. He called my name. Do you remember when he called your name? He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. I'm glad he knows my name. Are you glad he knows your name? And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, he goes before you. Wherever you go as his sheep, wherever you follow, your Savior has already tread and made the way. That's why we always talk about this idea that he is the A and the Z. He's the beginning and the end. He's the author and finisher. Whatever way I'm going as his sheep, as I follow the shepherd, he has already made the way. So I know no matter how big the mountain, no matter how deep the water, no matter how treacherous, no matter how chaotic, no matter if it's life or death, no matter if I'm starving or I'm full. Like Paul, you become content in all things, knowing, come on guys, that he has tread before, he has literally walked before you and you're literally walking up behind what the savior has already done. What a freeing word. When he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Listen, as these days progress, and you have people around you, and they're trying to convince you, and they're trying to deter you, and they're trying to pull you this way and that way, and they're trying to argue with you, if you know his voice, if you know his voice, there is only one truth. There's not multiple truths. There's one truth. He said, I am the way, I am the life. I am literally, He is the highway. There is one truth, and that is Him. And what He speaks out of His mouth is one truth. He has not changed according to culture or where culture is going. He goes before Him. They know His voice, yet they by no means follow a stranger. But they'll flee from Him. For they do not know the voice of strangers. You know, you get to a point where you know, you, you become seasoned and you become mature and you just you just you start to know his voice more and more. Why? Because you, you heard his voice and you're obedient and you follow and you see the fruit to come. And you get to know his voice more and more and more and more. And the more you hear his voice and the more that you know his voice, the more you study scripture, the more he speaks out of scripture, the more addicted you come to hearing it. And you'll shut yourself away. And you'll stop you'll stop this voice and you'll stop this voice, and you'll you'll get into a place where your Father, speak to me. It's a daily bread. Give us this day, our daily bread. We need the bread from heaven every day. When I wake up in the morning, I got to have fresh bread. I got to have fresh bread for lunch, and I got to have it for supper, and I got to have it before God. I got to have fresh bread. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he had spoken to them. I just love, I love, I love. Just, you know, Jesus lays out this intricate, you know, sentence after sentence, paragraph, and he just doesn't understand what he's talking about. he just walked away. But you know what? He knew one day there was going to come a Holy Spirit in the upper room. And it was going to blow through the upper room and the Spirit of God was going to fill people. And then when they went back and read this, I want you to picture this now. All the stuff that he said when they were like, what is he talking about? I don't understand what he's talking about. I don't know. So now that they're filled with the Holy Spirit and they're like, oh, now we understand. Now we get it. But they went back and they understood it. But we don't follow strangers' voices. Isn't it interesting in Genesis 3, the fall started with the stranger's voice. This is what it said. It says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? He said to the woman, Has God indeed said? Yeah, he said it. He spoke it. He's not changing it. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. God spoke a word. God laid out a principle. He laid out the scripture. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. It was a stranger's voice in the garden. We have to be careful that we do not follow a stranger's voice, a voice that has come outside of what the scripture has spoken. We can't follow that voice. He said, you won't surely die for God knows that the day that you give it, your eyes will be open and you will be like him knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for fruit, that it was pleasant to the eyes and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and she ate it. She also gave to her husband with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, who told you you were naked? He says the same stuff to us, guys. He says the same stuff to us. He questions, who told you that? Who said that's right? Who said that's okay? Because I didn't. And what he'll do, and this is is the dangerous part, is what he'll do when we start to listen to these outside voices long enough and we keep rejecting it and rejecting it and rejecting his warnings and rejecting his calls and rejecting his nudges, what he'll do is he will give us over to that thing that we want to listen to or want to hear. And the reason why he does that is because there's this thing at the end and it's called death. And if we don't want to listen to him, eventually we'll come into this place called the pig pen, this place of death, and we will look up and we'll say, what I had before was much better than where I am now. I should have listened to your voice before I got into this situation. So maybe part of this is just a warning to us, it's a warning to this congregation, it's a warning to me and to this body that we need to listen and we need to hear his voice and we need to be obedient. These days that we're walking into now are dangerous days in the world. I, and again, I'm not, I'm, not this, I'm not this doom and gloom person, but it's reality. Things are not going to get better. They're going to get worse as far as the world's concerned. The Bible says that it is going to wax worse and worse. This is not something that I've drummed up in my head. That is what the Bible says. It's going to get worse and worse. Maybe one of the reasons this word is going out is so we need to to keep leaning in and leaning in and leaning in and hearing His voice, hearing His voice. I don't want to hear the voice of a stranger. I want to hear hear what the word says. And listen to me. Being obedient to the word doesn't always feel good. Sometimes when he's dealing with our flesh or he's dealing with the desire or craving on the inside of us, he speaks a word to us and it comes as a double-edged sword and it's sharp and it goes, oh. But that doesn't mean we're not obedient to it. Who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? Isn't it interesting that the devil tempted them and said, God just doesn't want you to know good from evil. It's just his, his ways, his, 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 how cunning he is. How, it's literally, when he's saying this idea of, he just doesn't want you to know good and evil. That had nothing to do with anything. What he wanted Adam I and Eve, he wanted them to be free in the garden and enjoy all of these awesome things. Isn't it crazy that he's given us this world and this earth and these beautiful trees and the stars and the sky and all the planets and all this stuff. He's like, I've given you all this stuff to enjoy, but I'm going to give you boundaries within this world. And if you're obedient, and you listen and you stay within these boundaries, you're going to find this awesome thing. that's called life. But you're going to have an enemy that comes up to you and he's going to say, you need to go over the border. You need to erase the lines. You need to be free. And that statement is death. In our minds, we think the more choices that we have, the freer we are, but it's not true. It's these select choices that God has given us and said, "Just, just do this, just do this and you're going to find freedom in your life. Just do this, you're going to find freedom in life but there's something on the inside of this It's called the flesh, and it's never satisfied. And it's just, you know, you'll know, want, want, want more and want more and want more and want more and want more. That's why when you look out in today's world and you go, that's new, that's different, that's new, that's, di- that t- that's on a whole other level, that's on a whole other thing, that's on a whole other plane, because the lust of the flesh is never satisfied. And it literally says that people invent evil. They invent ways to be more evil and not only do they invent ways to be more evil but they have those around them that approve of that evil. They have their own cheering squad <laughs> that say go, 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 go and you hear this stuff and the spirit of God is on the inside of you and there's a check in your spirit. This umpire is in, on the inside of you and he's saying no. He's saying No. That's his voice. He told you that you were naked. Then the man said to the woman, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I ate. And the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. They listened to a stranger's voice in the garden and they didn't listen to God. And it literally led to the collapse of humanity. One decision. One decision. 1 Timothy 4, 1 says, Now the Spirit expressly says in latter times, some will, listen, some will depart from the faith. So these are people that have been in the faith, that are listening, that are up under teaching, that are reading the Bible, that are worshiping, praising it, says that there's going to come a time that some will depart from the faith. Why? Giving heed to deceiving spirits. And again, we talk about this idea of the spiritual realm, that the spiritual realm is real. Real. That there is demonic forces and there's angelic hosts and they're at war. You think there's not a war going on in heaven right now? There's a war going on. And he says, deceiving spirits will go out and doctrines of demons and they will bamboozle people. They will switch people's minds. They will make them think something different than what they thought before, leading them into destruction and demise. That's why I got to know his voice. I don't care if the person's performing a sign. I don't care if the person's prophesying. I don't care if the person's performing a miracle. I don't care how much they say they follow God. I want to see the fruit on the tree. Because the Bible says that you will know them by their fruit. Deceiving spirits have gone out. Deceiving. Hebrews 13, 8 and 9. Man, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do not be carried away with every very strange doctrine. Do not be carried about with very strange doctrines. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is not changing the program. Do you hear that? I believe one of the tactics of the enemy in this time is is to literally flood people's eyes and ears with a plethora of images and voices so they don't know what the truth is or what is is a lie. What is reality and what is not reality? What is real and what's fake? What is from God and what's not from God? We talked about this. There was a day when only voices people heard were the ones within their immediate reach. They were mainly influenced by those in their close proximity but obviously things have changed. Now we have the opportunity to hear thousands of different voices. Most do not have our best interest in mind. Communication started with cave paintings and smoke signals and carrier pigeons. Literally, when a war happened, you wouldn't find out for months. Then came the postal system and newspaper, followed by the radio and telegraph and telephone. Then the television was introduced, followed by the internet and email and text messages. Then social media came on the scene in 2004. It started with Facebook. Shortly after 2005, Reddit came. Twitter was established in 2006, Instagram in 2010, Snapchat in 2011, TikTok in 2016. These platforms can be used for good but also for evil, but the majority of it is used for evil because he's the prince of the power of the air. He's the prince of the power of the airwaves and he uses it to deceive. He uses it to bring a thousand voices to us, a thousand different images to us, and then we can't figure out when people are on it for hours and hours and hours and hours, why they're distracted. Why they can't stay focused. Why their mind is here and why their mind is there. Why they're all over the place. Why they're tossed to and fro. It is quiet in here. (laughs) When Jesus walked with the disciples, he knew they had to hear his voice. He knew strangers' voices would come. So... He had to make a deposit after deposit in them so that they could stand in the face of temptation and opposition. That's why he taught them on the boat. He taught them on the mountaintop. He taught them on the shore. He taught them in the synagogue. He taught them in the city. He taught them. He taught them. He taught them. He knew they needed to hear his voice. They knew they needed a deposit on the inside of them to survive the days to come. We have to receive these deposits. They needed to hear his voice There's times when multiple doors will open for you and me. And we're going to have to hear his voice on which one to take. Which do I marry? Which house do I buy? Which job do I take? Which direction do I go? What should I do next? Where should I I go next? When you get this word up on the inside of you, the Holy Spirit will literally speak. And you'll know that you'll know that you'll know the direction that you should go. You'll hear a voice whether to turn left or right or go forward or go backward, you're going to hear his voice. Hebrews 5, verse 12, it says this, For though by the time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who is partakers of only milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are full of age, that is, those who by reason of use, hearing and doing, hearing and doing, listening and obeying, listening and obeying over and over and over and over again. Who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So you can be this lone soldier right here and you can have 500 people to your right or 500 people to your left or in back of you, in front of you and they are all shouting the same thing and they're all saying this is right and they're all saying we're going this direction but you stand and you go, something isn't right. Something is not jiving. Something does not make sense in my spirit and the Holy Spirit will be a check on the inside of you. We need this more and more and more in the days to come who by reason of use they know his voice in revelation 3 and this is a uh, chapter 3 this is a is a word spoken to this church the laodicean church and i never saw this in here before before i started studying this word it says into the angel of the church of the laodiceans right these things says the amen the faithful and true witness true true witness the beginning of the creation of god i know your works that you are neither cold or hot. I could wish you were cold or hot so that because you're a lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth because you say, I am rich, I become wealthy, I have need of nothing and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind and naked. Completely deceived. This group of people was completely deceived. He had to speak a word into them. He said, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire. And you may be rich in white garments that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, and anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. therefore, he said, be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anybody hears my voice. So he, bra- he breaks the stronghold within this church, and he says, you have to listen to my voice. If anyone hears my voice, he says, I will come in and I will dine with him and he with me. I will create relationship. To him who overcomes, I will will grant to sit with me on my throne as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit is saying to the church. It's a spiritual ear. It's not a natural ear. It's a spiritual ear. Give us this day our daily bread. And Luke 8. So much. It says, No one, when he has a little lamp, covers it with a vessel or puts it under a bed, but sets it on a lampstand that those who enter may see the light. For nothing is secret that will not be revealed, nor anything hidden that will not be known come to light. Therefore, take heed how you hear. Good listeners, make good learners. Take heed how you hear whoever has to him more will be given and whoever does not have even what he seems to have will be taken from him take heed how you hear be careful how you hear he says if you hear me and are obedient and do the thing i told you to do you're going to have more and then when you hear me and are obedient i'm going to give you more why because i know you can hear my voice I know that you can hear me speaking to you, and I'm gonna give you more, and I'm gonna give you more, and then I'm gonna give you because you're listening to my voice and you're obeying it. But he says, even the people that think they have something, Laodiceans, oh, I'm rich, I'm wealthy, I'm completely fine, I'm good. He comes in with that word, and he says, No, you're not. He says, You're not. His word came in as a double edged sword. And then he says, If you listen to my voice, I'll come in and I'll start eating with you and I'll start dining with you and we're going to start hanging out. We're gonna, I'm going to start teaching you. And we're gonna, you're going to find that I'm I'm peace. In the midst of a chaotic world, you're going to find out that I, I, I'm going to move in. I'm, I'm going to come in and I'm going to sit with you and I'm going to dine with you and you're going to know that you have peace. And it's not going to be anything that the world has to offer you. It's going to be a peace that surpasses all understanding. It's so, because I am peace. listening to his voice. Take heed how you hear. Romans six sixteen says, do you not know that to whom you present yourself slaves to obey, you are the one slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. It's who, who do we give our members to? Who do we give our eyes to? Who do we give our ears to? <laughs> this king sits on the throne and he says, Hear me. See me. You know, there was a word given to Pastor Jeff by Bishop Garlington, and one of the main things he said, he said, or it was his wife, said, keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Luke 6 says, A good man out of the good treasures of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasures of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It's gotten in there somehow, some way. Everything that is in my heart right now, that is on the inside of me right now, has gotten there somehow, some way. I want him to be on the inside. I want his word to be on the inside. I want his image to be on the inside. And it starts with hearing. One thing i Started looking at was if a child has a speech impediment, you know, you would think that when they go to the doctor, the doctor would check their throat and check their tongue and check their larynx and their pharynx and their epiglottis, all all these, all the anatomy of the throat and the tongue and the mouth to see like why 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 are they having issues speaking? Do you know what they check first? They check the hearing. When it says, take heed to what you hear when things are being spoken that are lies, and when it's talking about casting down every imagination that it is exalting itself against the word of God, it's saying, cast it down for a reason. God does not want the enemy to implant seed after seed after seed after seed, word after word after word, paragraph after paragraph, image after image, sentence after sentence, because God knows when those things take root, you become the thing. But he wants him to be on the inside of us, him to be in our hearing, in our our sight. And lastly, in Ezekiel 37, the reason why I'm adding this is the power of hearing and speaking. The power of hearing and doing. Do you know your whole day can change, your family's life can change, your job situations can change within the atmosphere by something that you speak that you've heard from God? When he puts a word in your mouth, he wants it spoken. He wants you to say it. In Ezekiel 37, it says, The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out of the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed they were very dry. He could have very well walked away from that situation and said, this is hopeless. This is a desert. This is empty. This There is no substance here but that's not what happened. He said to me, son of man, can these bones live? He asked the question, so I answered, oh Lord God, you know. Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, oh dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. So God tells him to speak and to prophesy, prophesy and literally gives him the words to say. He could have walked away from the situation of this dry bones, but he did not. He listened to what God had to say. He said, oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these dry bones. Surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you and put skin and breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord God. So I prophesied. I heard God and I did what he wanted me to do. I spoke. I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. Because somebody had heard a word from God and somebody spoke it. I want to challenge you guys today. When God starts to speak to you, don't back off of it. When he has a word for you to give to somebody else, don't back off of that. Run into it. Do it. Speak it. No matter how awkward you feel, no matter how weird that you feel, do what he's saying to do. I prophesied, and I was a As I prophesied, there was a noise, and suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. Also, he said to me, Prophesy to the breath. He said, Speak, prophesy to the breath, Son of Man, and he said to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as I was commanded. As it was commanded me, and, I, and breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. God breathed into Ezekiel, and he said, Speak these words. And Ezekiel began to speak what God spoke. It was God's breath, and God's breath came out of Ezekiel, and he spoke those words, and it did exactly what God wanted him to do. So, in these days coming, the body of Christ. When he says, speak a word, and he's coming up on the inside of you, and he's saying, speak this, recognize that it is Ruah, it is his breath, it is the same breath. When he spoke and said, let there be light, That there be an expanse above the heavens and below the heavens. When he spoke and things were created, he has come on the inside of you now. And now he's saying, I've given you my word, and I'm going to give you Ramah word to speak to somebody. And as you speak it, it's going to be my breath. Do you remember when the centurion came running up to Jesus and he's like, "I have my servant is paralyzed and he's com- he's completely distressed and he's he's full he's he's just messed up." You know what the centurion told Jesus? Basically, you don't even have to come to my house, Jesus. He said, "Just speak the word. Just speak the word." And he spoke a word. He went back to that house and that paralyzed person was up and completely fine and back in their right mind. There's times when he spoke to people and they were set free. There's times when he touched them and they were set free. There's times where he spoke to people when he was right there with them. There was times where he spoke something into the atmosphere and when he spoke into the atmosphere, it went miles and miles and miles and healed the person where they were. He didn't have to be near them. The voice of God is not restrained. The voice of God is it's spoken as he's given you a word. As you speak it, you do not even have to be in the room with the person. That's the power of prayer, the power of warfare. You can all stand. But I pray that any blinders, anything that is limiting me or you, any scales that are over our eyes, anything that is, 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 is causing his face to be dimmed or his voice to be dimmed, we pray for removal of that. We recognize the truth that the veil of the temple has been rent and has been torn in half. And now the Holy of holies is wide open. The heavens are wide open for us to hear his voice. For us to hear what he has to say to us. What he has to say to the church. And when his word comes, it divides. Truth from a lie. Life and death. Disease and healing. And Lord, we pray a ceiling on this word. The prayer people, want, if you want to come up. Lord, we thank you that it's your word that holds the heavens in place and it's your word that holds the earth in place. It's your word that holds everything together. And we trust in that and we have faith in that and we believe in that and we have peace in that in the days ahead, that it's your voice, that it's your word that holds the power, not man. Lord, we pray your revelation would just... Go out as a fire and increase and increase. Last week when the worshipers were up here and we were praising, I got a word for those that were up and they were they were just going to war. That you are a wedge breaker. Hear what I'm telling you. You are a wedge breaker. And I pictured you know this big log and this this steel wedge, this iron wedge it was on, and, and this 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 sledgehammer boom hitting this hitting this wedge and the and the log splitting open. But God has called many of you to be wedge breakers, to come in and break ground that is solid. Lord, we thank you for your word that's gone out and we pray a sealing on that word. We pray protection over your people, protection over your sheep. We thank you that you are the true shepherd, that you've come the right way. That you are the way, the truth, and the life. We just pray a peace on your people. That anointing that you put on, on your people and in your people, Lord, even as the days come, that it would be released in greater measure and in greater measure and in greater measure and in greater measure. We thank you that you are a shepherd, and we pray all these things in Jesus' name.